we're going to talk about unlocking uh, the power of prayer in our life. We've been talking about the value of our prayer meetings, and um, we want to just spend some time talking about the power of prayer. And teaching. Uh, Yes, and teaching. Because prayer is powerful. Amen. How many of you believe that? Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes the hearts of people. It changes the circumstances in our life. Prayer works. Amen. And yet prayer uh, is often the most neglected part of our walk with God. How many of you would say, oh me, (laughs) and agree? Yeah. I mean, we might come to church. Uh, We might serve in the church, fellowship with people in the church. Um, We might even... open our Bible, you could actually read the Bible and study the Bible, but not really pray as you're reading and studying the Bible. Because sometimes we can just open up the Bible and read it for information to understand in that sense who God is, but we don't really pray out what the Bible is talking about. So you could come to church, you could serve, you could fellowship with people, uh, but when it comes to prayer, it's, it's something more personal. Come on. Because prayer is this communing and conversation with God. And I think when you mention prayer, depending on your journey with God, where you're at with God, how comfortable you feel with your relationship with God, you mention prayer and people can get a little uncomfortable. We back off. We get a little timid. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else do that. You know, some, many would probably honestly say, I don't know how to approach God, especially if you're in the beginnings of your walk with Jesus. I don't know how to approach him. Mm. Do I need to sound like super spiritual if I hear people pray? Sometimes people put on this prayer voice. Or Have you ever heard that? Oh, dearest <laughs> heavenly father, and I cometh to you in supplication. And oh. It's like, well, maybe we've heard a lot of that at church, depending on the kind of church you've gone to. Mm-hmm. And we tend to think, I don't know how to pray if it comes like that. Do I have to speak in King James English? I don't know King James English. (laughs) I mean, I remember the first time, because we grew up, I grew up going to Catholic Church all my life, and you grew up going to Lutheran Church all of your life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of pre-written prayers in there. And so you feel okay if somebody says, would you just read that prayer? Okay, where is it? on page 27, and you just can read it. It cannot make much sense, but you read it. I did it. But I remember the first time when we came into a a Bible-believing church, a non-denominational church, and they were pretty open about praying as a group. And I I watched, I listened, but I remember the first time the pastor said, Mamie, would you pray um, for this person or situation, whatever it was that we were dealing with, and like this twinge of panic went through me, like, oh no, I knew it was going to happen. He like called on me. I had to pray out loud. What am I going to pray? I remember thinking, oh God, help me. How, how many of you can relate to the first time you might have had to pray in public? It's like, what do I say? Again, because growing up the way we did, it, you know, people would say, well, I'll pr- my thoughts and prayers are with you. How many times have you heard that? Which basically means nothing. nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking about how bad your situation is, but you don't really stop and pray. 
I've learned along the way to stop myself from doing that. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm praying for you. It's like, let's just Here we are. pray right now. Because it's so easy to make it sound religious and good, but it's not really accomplishing anything with God in prayer. Mm-hmm. Because prayer, real prayer, is just simply communing with God through conversation. And, and a lot of it is around His Word. Yes. We're, we're talking to God from our heart. And I think that's why it makes people a little uncomfortable. Because you get to hear a person's heart when they begin to pray, don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why we say come to our prayer meetings on Tuesday or on Wednesday night. Because if you're not familiar with prayer, all you need to do is just sit. Sit in the atmosphere of prayer. Listen to how people pray. And you'll, you learn how to pray. The truth is we have to actually learn how to pray. That's right. Because the more you learn in that atmosphere, it's just like hanging around with a, a, a new friend. How would you get to know this person if you don't ever have conversation with them? You don't ever purposely invest time into that relationship. And so we learn to pray by investing time in talking to God. Right. In conversation. We develop a relationship with God as we learn to pray. And there are scriptural guidelines to prayer. This is how we unlock its power. Prayer is not just some mystery and... Come on. Right? You know? Come on. Like I'm wishing, I'm wishing, I'm hoping, and I'm thinking about it, Lord. No, we have to come the way God tells us to come if we want answers to prayer. That's what some of this series is going to be about. Yes. How to unlock its power so that we get answers to prayer. Because every believer needs to develop a prayer life. This is not an option for us. That's right. That's right. We need to be people of prayer. Churches need to be places of prayer. And we have to get past our timidity then. And maybe our ignorance, if you will, our misunderstanding of it, our yep. busyness, I'm too busy. We can't be too busy not to pray. Come on. Because I say it again, prayer will unlock the power of God to flow in your life, in your family's life, in the church, in the world. Prayer is how that happens. John Wesley said this, maybe some of you have heard this, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, you know, he wrote probably, this is back in the 1700s, they were the beginnings of the Methodist Right. movement. It began as a revival. <laughs> Signs and wonders, the power of repentance, morality, you know, came... Praying in tongues, speaking pray, in tongues. Yeah. And, you know, they, it was the beginning of a revival movement that actually, into the 1800s, right. turned into the Second Great Awakening, where they really saw... Here in America. Here in America, yeah, yeah. because they, the Wesleys were from England really saw a move of God where people had a living, vibrant relationship with God. And he learned about prayer as he prayed and saw this happening. And he said this, John Wesley said this, it seems God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone prays and asks him. Now just stop and think about that. It seems that God is God is limited by our prayer life. We tend to think, well, God is all-powerful. Who could limit God? But we're just going to talk about this in a moment, that we can limit God. Right. That he is asking for faith and prayer to open the door for him to move in the earth. And so we can limit him if we neglect our prayer life. 
if we don't pray and ask according to his will, Come on. then we limit his ability to move in power in the earth. This is an important thing for us to see about our life, about our, who we are as a disciple with Christ. And so God brings his will to pass in our life. He brings his will to pass in the earth through faith-filled prayers. Yes. As we pray in faith, it becomes this reflection of our dependency on God and we are grabbing on to the promises of God and we bring them forth in the earth through our faith. So again, we can see how we could limit him if we just ignore prayer. Right. Scripture says that Israel limited the Holy One. Limited the Holy One. And what we have to do is discover, you know, limited God, what do you mean? God could do everything and anything He wants. We got to understand something here because God is not running everything as people think He's, oh, well, if God was running something, He would, it's a real mess. I mean, Let's look at the world here, you know, abortion, killing the babies, gender confusion, depression, sexual exploitation, racism, greed, you know, man's lust for control and power and domination over other. These things aren't from God. They're not from God. Yeah, is it God's will? None of it is God's will. And so what happened? In Genesis, I think we know the story. In Genesis 1, 26, you could read it up. It says God created man and then gave him dominion and rule over this whole planet. Dominion and rule over the planet. So in a sense, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were given dominion over this whole world. And this is a spiritual reality that happened. We understand that the serpent, who is Satan, the deceiver, came in and deceived them, deceived Eve. And Adam knew what he was doing, and he disobeyed God and obeyed Satan. Right then and there, everything happened. We've got to understand that. A decision wrecked everything that God created. So we have to be careful of our decisions, amen? Amen. This is, this is when all Satan's lies, the deception, the, the destruction, the torment... That's when it started. And he's been doing it ever since the garden. Adam gave his authority by that decision over to Satan. You've got to understand that. That'll put things in perspective for us right now. This whole world system is run by Satan. Remember what it says, Jesus said? It says, because we're his, we belong to him. He says, we're not of this world. Yeah. Hallelujah is right. Just like Jason was telling us. You know, we're not held by the world's system because our Father takes care of us. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. But this is really important. This is when Satan became the God of this world. Do you understand that? That's when it happened. And man has been really, in a sense, uh, that's when we lost the reality of life that connection with God. And then we were actually born again at that point. All mankind was with the nature of Satan in us. That's why the Bible declares you must be born again. And look, at this is where he became. This is scripture here. Look at 2 Corinthians 2.4. 2 Corinthians 2.4. Says the God of this age. 
Hallelujah, that's, that's a limit. The God of this age. There's going to be ages to come, amen? amen? So he's limited, and this is a time period that he gets to run, and this is the time period that we get to exercise our authority that Jesus gave us. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God himself. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, the prince of this age is coming. The prince of this world is coming. This was right before he was crucified. So, and then you think about the temptation. People say the temptation of Jesus, well, oh, that's crazy because the devil couldn't give him that. Well, the devil can give him that because remember when he says, Look at all the glory of this, this world and all the kingdoms and the glory of it. I'll give it to you because it was handed over to me and I have the right to give it to whoever I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is really important theology. This is solid doctrine that we have to hang on to. Yeah. You know, this is... <laughs> and it helps us understand... Mm -hmm. why we see what we see in the world. Because if we only consider God... It looks like God does have it in a mess. It's like, well, if God is so powerful, why mm -hmm. is the world in such a mess? Well, there is an enemy. Yes. There is an enemy to God's plan at work in the earth. And because God's plan is the next scripture here. His plan is to what? Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Yeah. Satan wants to keep everybody blinded so that they die in their sin. And if you die in your sin, you're going to hell. And it's misery and torment. And it's going to be forever. Yeah. Forever. You know, then look at this next scripture. This is God's plan. This is who this God, is God, yes. First Timothy, first Timothy, you want to get there. This is God. Who he desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. But we see that God's will is not automatically carried out, right? Yeah. So we have an enemy that we're fighting here. And God has given us some keys that we can unlock the power of prayer to actually get things going in our life according to what Jesus wants. He wants people to be hungry for him. He wants people to know him and want to go after him because knowledge of God, proper knowledge of God in exercising that knowledge and being a doer of that knowledge, that's when you start to live an eternal life. Right. Eternal life is right now. It's not when you die and go to heaven. Yeah. Hello? It begins. Yeah, and so we need to be in, involved with this because this doesn't that make sense now what Wesley said? It seems that God is limited by our prayer life. Yeah. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone prays yeah. and asks him. Right. Because it's important that you and I have the keys to allow God to work. This book is a legal book in the spirit realm. This is a legal book in the spirit realm and you have to figure out because the spirit realm runs on laws. And when we understand these laws, 
then we're going to be able to bring about what God has said. Because he's already said that you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the, heavenly, in the heavenlies. You have it all right now. Now we're going to learn how to bring those heavenly blessings back into this natural so we can do the, what God has called us to do. You, you guys are ambassadors for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we need to understand this so that we can pray. And when we pray, things happen. Yeah. Right. Amen? Amen? So let's, you, let's learn. Yes. You mentioned laws. You know, I think the law of the spirit of life yes. in Christ Jesus mm -hmm. has freed us, Scripture says, from the law of sin and death. Come on. So there are laws. Yes. There's the law of faith, Scripture talks about. Right, the law of love, the royal law. And so when we look out, I think about those, the last couple of Scriptures we just read, that God so loved the world that he wants to see people saved. He does yeah. not want them to spend eternity in hell separated from him. And he wants all men to come into the knowledge of the truth. So there's his will. Yes. But he's actually put it into our hands to say, now you must pray that will you look around at your loved ones, you look around at the people that you know, we can't just look at them and go, oh, so sad of the way they live their life. God would say, pray. Yes. Pray that my will would be done in their life. Well, what's God's will for that person? That they would be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And so we could see how that the law of sin and death is operating in their life, Correct. but the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will supersede it. Amen. If we operate in think and pray in faith. You see how powerful then prayer can become. So God set up his kingdom, the laws of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Remember, we are part, we are not part of the kingdom of this world. We are part of the kingdom of God. It operates for, on a whole different realm. We should be familiar yes. with its laws, Amen. if you will, and Amen. it operates by faith. Okay, the law of faith. God is a faith God. He created the world by faith. It, it says we're saved by grace through faith, right? It says the believers have been given a measure of faith yes. in their heart. Yes. This is God's faith in our heart that has power to move mountains in our life and change things. We, so we have access then to the throne of God. How? By faith, yes. by our faith. I wrote some of these down. Without faith, it says in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. So we have to come to God by faith and trust. Romans 4 says the just shall live, live by faith. Amen. So we will live by faith. So the spirit of faith, I mean, there's, it's written all yep. through Scripture when you start to you get your eyes open to it. It says this, we've received the spirit of faith which believes and speaks. Yes. Now you so got this it. is the importance of even praying. I understand silent prayers. There's, you know, there's something to be said about when you're just being by yourself and mm -hmm. you're talking to God. But much of our prayers should be out loud. Come on. Much of our prayers should be verbalized to God, speaking back to him, his will, you know, from his word. And so God's looking for people to pray in faith so that his will could be done in the earth. Like, like Jesus prayed, we're going to look at this next week. Thy kingdom come, he prayed, you know, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Yeah. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. So we have to pray for God's kingdom come on. and his will to be done on the earth. 
And who's going to do that? Who's assigned to do it? We are. You and I, the church. The church, yeah. Point to yourself and say, I'm responsible. Yeah. And we, where people think, well, how can I know the will of God? Well, right here, God's word is his will. Amen. The New Testament is his will and testament. <laughs> so we can understand he's laid out his will for us. I mean, sometimes people think prayers and getting answers to prayer is like some big mystery. Right. Like a shot in the dark. Well, let's try praying. <laughs> See if anything happens. Sort of like flipping a coin in a fountain. I wish I weigh. I, I wish. I hope. God, I just. <laughs> you can't. You know what? If you're starting off like that, we want you to grow into a place where you're confident. I'm praying the will of God. No matter what comes, you hold on to that. Because that's what it takes. Faith yeah. and confidence. Faith is confidence. Come on. And patience. It takes faith, confidence, and patience. It's through faith and patience, it says in Hebrews, that we inherit the promise. Come on. So these things don't happen overnight. This is why Jesus says, ask, you know, and seek and knock. Yes. There's some repetition in some of this. But God has made known to us, it says in Ephesians 1, the mystery of his will. Amen. It's not really a mystery anymore. This is why Paul was so, uh, you know, passionate when he wrote the book of Ephesians, that he wrote that letter to the Ephesians church. It's like God has revealed. The mystery yeah. has now been revealed. What Christ has done through us and in us and in for us. us. And for us. And the inheritance we have. So he's laid out. Jesus has laid out his word for us. Thank God we have a Bible. Come on. Thank God we have wow. all kinds of access to the word of God. Let's not squander it. We, have, we will have no excuse before God on that day. That's right. Not like some people in third world countries where it's very difficult to get a Bible. But we have access to all kinds of Bibles and translations. 24-7, you could get your phone out and yes. find it. If you don't have a light, well, your phone is lit up. You could read it in the dark. And so he, he's, God is not holding anything back from us. He has shown us his will. Yeah, Look what right. it says in Romans 8, 31. This is a powerful scripture. Underline it in your Bibles. A lot says, of times we say something here and God speaks to your heart. Just listen. That, that's the Holy Spirit trying to get something over to you. And what you've got to do is make a note and then hold on to it. Because more will be revealed. The mystery is revealed. Amen. <laughs> Here's part of the mystery. Eight, revealed, 831, yes. Romans 831, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his yeah. own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Yeah. So all God, things. So Everybody is, say all things. I mean, God is not withholding Come on. his promises from us so that we go, I don't know your will. I don't know really what you want for my life, for my family, for my kids, for the earth. No, we know <laughs> what he wants. You know, and really, we're not trying through prayer to get God to move like his hands move. Like we're trying to pry something Ooh. out of God's hands. He's already, it says, freely given us all things. When Jesus hung on the cross, Come on. when he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our Worthy sin, he said, that's enough. It's finished. Yes. Now the inheritance came to us. Yes. And he's, he's waiting on us to believe in yes. trust and in faith yes. and grab hold of the, what Scripture calls the exceedingly great promises of God. 
and pray them. We're, we're partnering with God. Amen. Think about it. We are partnering with Almighty God to bring His will to pass in the earth. It is a privilege. Come on. Yes, it is. And we, we are going to need to be people of prayer in the days ahead. Yes. This is really not, we, we tend to think it's an option. Well, you know, if I feel like it, I will. We're coming to a place where we are going to need to be people of prayer and, and gain the strength that it gives us yes. Come on. to know who we are in Christ. That's I, right. You know, I just listened to a, a little bit of a testimony on Voice of the Martyrs, Andrew Brunson. He was in Turkey for two years. In prison. In prison, years. yeah. And man, the man lived with, he, was, he grew up a Christian. 20-some years, as I think he said, as a missionary. And then when this happened, when he got thrown into solitary confinement for 50 days, and then beyond that, a maximum security prison for two years. And he was shocked, he said, at what happened to my faith. He said, I really thought, well, if this ever happened to me, uh, you know, I've always, I've always been somebody who sought the presence of God, and I'd, I'd do okay. He said, I did not do okay. He said, there were times I thought I was going to literally lose my sanity. He said, I did not feel the presence of God. For whatever reason, you know, you're alone. You can imagine the spiritual warfare yes. going on. But he was saying at the end of his testimony, he said, America, America, you need to become people of prayer. Because it was the prayers of the saints praying for him, even outside That's the church, right. outside that prison, those prison walls, that we, he knows upheld him. Yep. That he didn't lose his sanity, and the day came after a couple of years where he was really miraculously released. But when I heard that, I thought, we need to become people of prayer. We need to understand the power of what it's doing to strengthen your heart in your relationship with God, that he will never leave us or forsake Hallelujah. us, no matter what happens. And so this is so important, no matter because what we're going upstream. Like. Against the current, though the world is just pushing against us, isn't it? It's, it's coming against us. Right. And if it's coming at us now at one mile an hour, you know, if, if the current, the weight of it feels like one mile an hour and you're feeling like, oh, this is uncomfortable. What's going to happen when it's five miles an hour? Six miles an hour. Scripture declares we're at the end time. And if you know your Bible, you can agree with that. You, in the end time, do you know years ago, years ago, we decided we are going to start to preach the word to people who will be in a tribulation time that they will be strong enough to go through what this man just went through. We're feeding you meat. So there's times if you are in being tormented or if you are being persecuted for your faith, that you'd be able to stand strong. Yeah. This is what we're feeding you. Yeah. Now it's up to you to eat it and receive it and live it out. Yeah. Because the truth is we are swimming upstream. Yeah. Look at, they're saying right now, they're saying what's wrong is right. Yeah. And what's right is wrong. Yeah. They're saying that right now. Yeah. Daniel I'm, declares that's a sign of the end time. Yeah. Okay. We're in it, folks. Don't, don't, be, don't be deceived. Don't think it's all going to be joy. You know, we, this man went through a difficult time. If he didn't have a base to work off of, 
He would have lost his mind. Yeah, yeah. They're legislating laws. They're putting laws in now that are actually evil. Yeah. Totally against biblical principles. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's the thing. What did Jesus say about us? Jesus said in that same scripture, he says, the whole world will hate you because of my name. Because there is a deception. There is a delusion that has been loosed on this planet right now. It's part of the end times, folks. It is part of the end time. It's part of God's plan. It's all happening right now. You and I have to be aware of these things. You and I have to be strong. Parents, you better be praying for your kids. It's important because if it does go to six miles an hour. You have to have strength of spirit come on. to stand against it. And, and they are, I mean, this new administration is rapidly pushing, That's changing correct. laws. The gas well, is mean, now $3.10. <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't and that that's way easy, the other way. But it's the traditional values that are, right. that are rapidly getting legislated out. I mean... It's going to be illegal like, to say something out of the Bible. Well, I mean, besides for... Yeah, gay, gay marriage, you know, that was a shocker. But now there's throuples. Three people. A, a permitted to adopt children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much happening. This Equality Act. is you bad. Evil. If you get anything in your emails about it, please send back to your, our local legislature, no, do not sign right. this bill because it will fundamentally change the very heart of this nation. And if you, if you want to change the foundation of a nation and then subsequently change the hearts of people, change their laws. Start with the laws, because the law of the land has a way of just inscribing on your heart right and wrong, yes. good and evil, what's righteous, what's unrighteous. This is why the very foundation of our nation did so well, founded on the Ten Commandments. Right. There was a, there was a, a morality to this that we all agreed to, or most people agreed to, but take it out. And rewrite the laws, which is what they're doing. That's What's going right. to happen in another 10 years? What's happened in the last couple of years? Put a 10 years ahead. If the church does nothing, right. if the church just sits back and says, well, I'm okay. You let it, I just want to live in some tunnel. God will hold us accountable. Amen. He's going to say, you did not pray against the work of the enemy. You just let it happen. We don't want to be those people. No, this, we want to unlock the power of prayer. Yeah. I mean, and this happens because we have not let his word be inscribed upon our hearts so that we Come don't on. forget him. Like it says in, in Psalm 119, 11, awesome. your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Are we writing his word in our heart? See, this is what the Holy Spirit will have power then to bring to our remembrance. Yes. A boldness. No, God's righteousness is this. It's not that. But if, if people are just ignorant, lukewarm, Ooh, the laws get written, scary. you've got to obey them. There's going to be just a smaller and smaller group of people that are saying, I'm not obeying that. I will not obey that law. And it's going to take courage 
and boldness and strength of spirit to go upstream against yep. the current that's now moving one mile, but it's going to go to two and three and four because scripture talks about birth pains at the end of the age. Anybody who's had a baby, if you're familiar with a birth, the pains are maybe, you know, so far apart and then the pain. But as you get closer to the or actual birth, those pains come faster and they come harder. Yeah. Jesus likened that to what we will experience at the end of the age. And so these things are not just, well, that you hear it and, not, and just not take heed. What we, did Jesus we, say for us to do? He said, watch and pray. Yes. Watch and pray. Too many Christians are just watching. Yes. And not praying. Yeah. Prayer's not an option anymore. Prayer's not the last resort. Prayer should be the top of the list. Amen. Yeah, he said, keep alert. Tuesday and, and Wednesday, folks. Yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday. It's on our, yeah. He's, Jesus said, watch and pray. He said to keep alert and pray so that you might escape these things. Watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. Watch and pray. God is truly calling the church to wake up and think, get on board here. 20 years ago, people that are in office would never be in office that would have been ashamed. They would have never given a big part of responsibility. As a matter of fact, if these people, they would have been considered mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me. Now they're leading the country. Yeah. 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 And the church just watched. Goodness. I love everybody. We're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. We need to hate what he hates and love what he loves. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're hating people. You need to pray for these people that the eyes of their understanding are open. Because the power of the blood of Jesus is incredible. Yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness. But it's, it, God is calling us. And we've got to consider this is a true privilege to pray. Yeah. It's a privilege. If Jesus is taking note that you gave a cup of cold water to somebody. And that he's writing in his book when people who love him are talking about him. Think he's writing in the book who comes to prayer? Yeah. I think he is. Yeah. He needs those prayers. Let's he, not neglect prayer. Yeah. Prayer is the powerful. And, we're, and Pastor Mamie and I, we're inviting you all, all to come. Make it Wednesday night. Yeah. And again, the atmosphere is filled with the presence of God. He'll work on you in ways you don't even know. But you'll learn to pray this way. And so we see Jesus in the Bible and in the Gospels. We see, we saw him praying. The disciples heard him praying. He would go off to pray mm -hmm. by himself. They wanted to know how to pray. Right. So you think about it. If Jesus had a heart and a dependency on his father to pray, how much more should we? Come on. If Jesus needed to pray, 
that helps me to look at it that way. It's like, uh, <laughs> I guess I need to pray a lot more than I do. Yeah. And there are, there, he speaks about prayer. This, we're going to look at this here, Matthew 6, 5. Jesus speaks about prayer as he's going to teach them about the Lord's prayer also, which is a pattern for prayer. It's not just meant to be said repetitiously, you know, by memory, but we're, we'll get into some of that next week. Yes. But Matthew 6, this is Jesus saying about the motive for our prayer, how we should approach prayer Verse 5, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners and to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. There you go. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Will reward. Ooh. A couple of things just in, that, in those couple of verses that we could glean, that it will enlighten us about our motives for prayer. Number one is just, we're supposed to approach with humility. Come on. We're True. praying with humility, not for show. This isn't about public attention or to, you know, some performance and people to think, wow, that was an awesome prayer. Like, you must be so spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> it's a personal conversation with God. And That's so right. We don't do this for show. You, we do it to seek a personal relationship with God, not for people to think, well, what a good Christian you yeah, are. Yeah, that's and right. And then the, the second, we're going to move along here. Yeah, is, is, prayer's not always private. You look at the book of Acts, they're all gathered and praying together. Yeah. Even though it says go, to, go into your room and shut the door, it, it's not necessarily you know, You know, when private. they were persecuted, what did they do? The Bible says they came back to their own their own. I want you to get that. They came back to their own. That means the believers. That means the family of God, the local family of God. They were persecuted and came back to their own. That's where you're going to find strength. And because of that, that unity that they had, when they're praying, they're praying asking for more boldness to go out and speak the word. They're not hiding and saying, oh, keep them away from us. No, they say, give me some more boldness so I can go out and tell the truth so more people can be saved. Yeah. And they were all in unity. And what happened? The building shook. Yeah. We need some prayer meetings like that yeah. today, don't we? Yeah, let's <laughs> shake this building. They prayed. They lay hands on people. They delivered people. People got healed. When Paul was telling the church at Ephesus, you guys will see me no more because he knew his time was running out and he was going to get martyred in Rome. Guess what they did? They all cried, but they all went out to the ship with him and they all net, knelt down in the sand and prayed. Yeah. Prayer is not always alone in your closet. When people, by Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, he's there. He says, if two people agree on any, touching anything, he'll do it. Prayer is, we're going to unlock the secrets of prayer. Yeah. We're going to unlock the power of prayer. Yeah. It's just, you need to pray with your family. Yeah. Men, I'm asking you to lead the way to pray. Yeah. I don't know how to, come here. Yeah. We'll teach you how to pray. Come and experience what happens during prayer. Yeah. I, I mean, people cry, people laugh. It's the presence of God. And it's all, all praying God's will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Yeah. It's... So, you, so we should pray together as a family, of course. You know, it's vital for the strength of the home to pray together, particularly if you have children. I mean, just yes. stop and give thanks, and genuine thanks at the meal. Not a canned prayer before your food. Pray genuinely to God, thanking Him for the provision that He has put on your table. And pray a simple prayer for your kids before they go off to school or before you begin your homeschooling day. Genuine prayer, because we need God's help. We genuinely need God's help. And so even though it, uh, public prayer like that is necessary and it's vital to, you know, to the strength of your home, yes. nevertheless, you cannot get by in your Christian walk without a private prayer life. Just you and God. Just you and God. You know, Jesus, was, in this, he, I think he was stressing the importance of a private prayer life, like get alone with God, shut the door, so to speak, just go somewhere where it's just you and the Lord. You have to develop a private prayer life of your own if you're going to grow spiritually and you're yep. going to have, learn to have fellowship with God. It's not an option. It shouldn't just be like when we hit a crisis, we hit our knees like, oh God, now I'm crying out to you. We don't want to, we don't want to leave prayer to that. And then Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 7, that when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. God doesn't hear you just simply because you've said it a hundred times. Or that you're on everybody's prayer list. I mean, some people think that that's how you're heard. I grew up Catholic. This was kind of ingrained in us. Go, you know, after you would make your confession, then go say 10 Our Fathers and... 10 Hail Marys, and, you know, and I'm telling you, you know, you want to get out of there fast. Our Father, Wartner, and help you, and I'm come to go. Amen. Our Father, Wartner, and help. How? Babbling. Babbling, babbling, babbling repetitiously. <laughs> yes. Jesus is saying, don't do that because it's meaningless. <laughs> you know, some people have the idea that if you just pray long enough and loud enough, you have to pray loud prayers for God to hear you. God's not deaf. We don't have to pray loud prayers. You know? It's so true. He's not really responding to whether we're loud or we're soft. I'm so soft and sincere. No, he just, he wants really your heart. Right. Is what he wants. Faith in the, Faith heart, in the heart is what pleases God, not repetition, not loudness, not so. And you can be sincere in your prayer life. You can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong and you get nothing. If you're just vainly rep repeating things vainly. I'm, I'm really sincere, but if you're just doing it mindlessly, like he said, you can be sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong. That's why this series, we're going to unlock the power of prayer because I think it's needed. Yeah. And like we said, we're, we're preaching to strengthen you in difficult times. Yeah. And if you absorb it and start doing it, you can be prepared for what is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Living faith with God. This is important. The truth is you have to be alive to God. Be his child. Open up your heart. Yeah. You and I have to pray for God to move so his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. 
These are, these are, see, it's, it's a terrible thing to limit God. He respects your free will so much, he will not usurp it. Because if he did, he'd make everybody get saved, everybody, it, it, that would, and we'd be in. But that's, that's what makes us special. You have an opportunity, you have an opportunity. What we have to do is do our opportunities that come to us with prayerful heart so that we can walk in the truth. So let's just pray. Let the Holy Spirit have a moment with you personally in your heart because this is really what this is all about too. It's what is the Holy Spirit saying to you, saying to us as a church, saying to his people. I believe he's one of the things he's saying is let's make a commitment, make a commitment in your heart, a determination that you'll be a person yes. who says, I will not limit you, Lord, by neglecting my prayer life. I may not feel comfortable right now, but I'm going to take a step. I'm going to obey the little steps that you tell me to take <laughs> to talk with you every day. Maybe come to the prayer meetings. Because, Jesus, we know that you have things. Father God, we know you have things that you want to accomplish in this life. We are going upstream against the current of the world, which is under the effect of the, of the devil, of the evil one. But we operate according to your kingdom. How do you want me to pray, Lord? How should I, how should I pray? Time is short. We, we just commit to do our part with you. There's so much to be prayed, Lord. There's still work to be done. There are people to be saved, people to be reached, disciples to be made. Yes. Broken hearts to be healed and mended, bodies to be healed. Lord, use us to be people of prayer. And if you dedicate yourself, dedicate yourself to him now. He's listening. This is what it's all about. It's about responding in prayer to him in your heart. Telling him from your heart, help me. I want to be a person of prayer. I want to pray for my family. I want to learn how to pray for my lost loved ones. I want to learn how to make a difference in this earth. I want your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We saw that God's will is that everyone gets saved. And we'll give you that opportunity right now. Jesus went to the cross to die for your sin. He shed his blood with you in mind. He was tortured thinking of you. Thinking of those lost people. He's paid a price so that you can be saved. You can be adopted into the family of God. Your sins can be washed away and never remembered. And new life can come. The first Adam brought death. The Bible declares that Jesus is the last Adam who brings life. If you've not really given your life to Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough. You'll be saved today. You'll be freed you'll be freed anyone at all Jesus is good and he's got nothing but good for you